Let us then offer our prayer to the Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. Lord, watch over us by day and by night. In the midst of life's countless changes, strengthen us with your never-changing love. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. And memory. Remember, most gracious Virgin Mary, that it never was it known that anyone led to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession, left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, to the sorrowful mother of the word of incarnate, despise not our petition, but in your mercy, hear and answer. Amen. See you all at seven. Okay, great. Would one of you guys be able to email me or forward me the material that Deacon George sent out for tonight? I can't seem to find the email. I'll send it to you right now, Doug. Thanks. Uh, email? By email, right? Yeah, fine. Yep. Oh, yeah. Just give, me, just give me one moment. Sure, no hurry. Thank you. Doug, did, we, did the other stuff come through? Yes, it did. Thank you. I have not had a chance to look at it, but okay. I assure you I will. Okay. It looked like a lot of stuff, so... I'm very grateful to you. Kind of overwhelming, so take your time. Yep, I will. Thanks again. Just sent us. I saw the one page. That was it, just one page. Yep. Catholic League, if you're interested in that, I can send that as well. Sure. A lot of dead air here.
Shall we begin now? Yep. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, thank you very much, Paul, for the article that you sent. I just got a quick uh, glance at it. Um, this is a great example of deacons don't make policy. Okay. That number one. And number two, uh, the importance ever since CNN and the 24-hour news cycle was invented and terribly exacerbated, made worse by the Twitter culture. And the one that was before before that became popular, um, you can't have a logical, reasoned statement in 188 characters, or even 360 characters. Okay. So all we have on those media often is an exchange of, I think this, you think that, okay? And there's never any reasoning as to, well, why is what you are proposing true, okay? When I taught an ethics course, Doug, one of our ground rules was nothing was true because I said it, nothing was false because I said it, it's truth lies in the nature of reality. Okay? Now, we also live in a culture that is moving away from reality. Um, I think it's Casey versus Planned Parenthood, okay, that the the Supreme Court defined the essence of freedom as your ability to determine your own reality. I'm paraphrasing the words, and that's dangerous. Okay, either if if we don't all have access to the same reality that you can determine the what is real for you and you alone, then everything becomes subjective and it is the absolute worst of subjectivism, okay? And we, we will certainly never have a government, okay? Uh, and certainly it would seem to me not to be wise to try to be a political leader, okay? Because you're never going to get agreement. Um, so many people, so many opinions. So the first thing I would almost want to say is uh, a bit of a blindsidedness. I didn't see this this morning. Okay. I was visiting people at the Hebrew home and one of our my more astute residents said to me, well, did you see what the Pope said about homosexuality? Um, and I said, no, I didn't. Okay. Uh, maybe releasing a new emphasis okay, by way of a documentary okay, might not be the prudent thing to do. But the reality is, let you know when the elephants are fighting, boys and girls, okay, the mice should hide. 
Okay, with me on that? Okay. And deacons by our very nature, we're the servants. Okay. Low man on the totem pole. Okay. We're the mice. Let the am I making sense? Okay. So we don't know the whole story yet. Okay, there's certainly going to be all kinds of clarifications, and it may take a week or two. Okay, which it means that okay, don't get yourself okay in a dither about it in one sense. And okay, let's wait and see. Amen. Okay. Anybody want to? Every time I get on a soapbox, there always should be editorial reply. Anyone? <clears throat> so yeah, our, the time the timing couldn't have been more um, acute because all of us just submitted a homily for a Catholic wedding in a church, <laughs> celebrating the sacrament that was established at the time of creation, essentially, but then reaffirmed at, um, I guess, uh, the Council of Trent. Anyway, so it, the timing was bad. Not that it's up to us. I was just, um, just taken aback. The, the same thing happened when, uh, like last year, when all of a sudden it was said that he was going to let priests be married, and he was totally taken out of context. Oh. As the church teaches. Again, words that we don't have a lot of friends in the media to begin with. And number two, that we don't have a lot of people who understand things from the inside to explain. Um, it is what it is. Let's talk about okay, bended knee, right? which is a, it's a one page of notes. So you, if you only got one page, that's all that there was, guys. Uh, this is the kind of class that does absolutely not lend itself to Zoom's talking heads. Okay. But let's talk about it anyway. Okay. Basically, when we have been talking at the beginning, we've talked about the desire of the council to preserve reverence absolutely, but also to uh, to return to a level of simplicity. Okay, so that is now applied to genuflections. Some of you can remember when okay, we used to, if the Blessed Sacrament was exposed, okay, that it was the getting down on both knees okay, and then getting up. So it was a, a the double genuflection. Now when we're that we are no longer <laughs> we're no longer genuflecting to a bishop. Okay. Uh, does anybody even remember that? Uh, so I was, I may have been 14 years old, okay. Um, I went to Mass at St. Stephen of Hungary Parish on 82nd Street, where I had gone to grammar school. But technically speaking, because St. Stephen of Hungary was a Hungarian national parish. And so technically, 
I didn't belong to St. Stephen's. I belonged to St. Monica's on 79th Street. And so in the seminary, when you went back every September, you needed to have a letter from your pastor saying probably to the testifying that you had not been a public scandal over the summer and that they had seen you at daily mass kind of thing. So I had such a letter from St. Stephen's, but the legalism was that I had to go to the pastor of St. Monica's and introduce myself. And it was a new pastor. Okay. And this was now Bishop Griffiths. Um, He was quite a character. Right? <laughs> uh, he came to the parish and he often spoke for about 40 minutes on a Sunday sermon so that there was an overlapping of people who were waiting out on the steps for the next mass. Uh, there's a very famous story that was told that uh, one, I guess it must have been a Monday or Tuesday night, he was preaching at a novena and one of the chandeliers from the ceiling okay, fell down in front of the pulpit and there was a woman seated not that very far away who looked up to the him in the pulpit and said, Bishop, okay, I could have been hurt. And he looked down in his magisterial voice and said, Madam, you could have been killed. Right? Well, this is the guy that I had to go to as a 14 year old. Okay, and so he comes down after dinner and he is in his all red choir cassock. Okay, and I have to say, as a kid, I was flustered. And I remembered that I was supposed to genuflect. And so I went down, but I went down on my right knee. And in those days, okay, that was reserved for the Blessed Sacrament. I think also the Pope. And I should have gone down on my left knee. And Bishop Griffith said to me, oh, George, you don't seem to be up on your ecclesiastical courtesy. Okay. Well, okay. Second Vatican Council, if you will, got rid of that problem because we no longer genuflect to bishops okay, in order to kiss their rings. So far, so good. Okay. Um, I have another story, though, with okay, very saintly man, Terence Cook, okay, that he was coming to Mount St. Michael for some anniversary celebration. And I got the job of meeting his car. Okay. So I go down to the quadrangle to show the secretary where they've got the reserves. So I go over, he is in the passenger side. Okay. So the door opens, he comes out and I start to go down. This is before the changes were made. I start to go down on my left knee. I've learned now. And Terrence Cook reaches over and grabs my hand, okay, and pulls me up and says, George, you could be much more helpful if you help Monsignor with the bags. Okay. This is an this is an ability that Terrence Cook had 
once he had ever met you, and I had only met him once before on an elevator at 10-11, he ever thereafter knew your name. And when the Archbishop of New York calls you by first name, it's kind of a... But Terrence Cook wouldn't let anybody kneel down to him. Anyway, a saint among us. So we have simplified things, and now we only genuflect for the Blessed Sacrament, not for persons. And if we take a look at this sheet that's in front of you, the double genuflection is now abolished. Okay. So if you're going down, you're going down to kneel, not to get back up immediately. Does that make sense to people? Okay. It certainly makes us older folks who sometimes have difficulty with their knees, okay, makes life a lot easier, does it not? Okay. We also genuflect, okay, for the cross, okay, from after the exposition of the Holy Cross is part of the Good Friday liturgy and until the start of the Easter vigil, okay, there is no blessed sacrament in the sanctuary. The only thing that is now there is the cross. And if you will, out of respect for this wooden piece that originally had the blood of Christ all over it, okay, from Good Friday to Holy Saturday, we genuflect to the cross when we're passing through it, where we're treating that as if it were the, the tabernacle in the sanctuary. Does that part make sense? And do folks have memories of this happening in your parish? Okay. Uh, Dan Cornell, welcome aboard. Okay, good to see you. Uh, if the Blessed Sacrament is in the sanctuary, this we've already discussed, okay, that when you come into the sanctuary, you make a genuflection, and then I mean, this sounds poor, but it's ignored until the end of Mass. When you're leaving the sanctuary, the last thing that you do is that you genuflect again. If the Blessed Sacrament is not in the sanctuary, then it's only a bow to the altar. Make sense? Okay. Next point. During the Mass, okay, priest is going to make a genuflection. Okay. When after he raises the host, after he raises the chalice, and just before his communion. So during the Mass itself, priest would make three okay, genuflections. Outside of Mass, okay, when you're running around the sanctuary, in other words, every time that you would pass the Blessed Sacrament in the tabernacle, in order that you would genuflect. So far, so good on that one. Okay. Now, there is an exception when I say not during Mass, and I, I'm pretty sure I had covered this okay, last week, but I want to repeat it. The germ does not tell us about going to the tabernacle to get us an extra ciborium for communion. The custom here is you go to the tabernacle, you open the door, you genuflect, 
then you're getting at the ciborium out. Once you've got the ciborium in hand, obviously you're not genuflecting to anyone or anything. You bring it. When you return the ciborium to the tabernacle, ciborium goes in, you genuflect, and then the door gets closed. I have not seen that written down anywhere, as I mentioned to you, because the Roman authorities it really didn't see you going to the tabernacle during Mass, okay, which is not the reality in our situations. Okay? Covered? Okay. Now, glasses again. The how of a genuflection. This would have been the this section of that page of notes would have been the primary focus of our class if we were in real life together. Okay, you have seen, and I'm going to say, alter persons, whether male or female. Okay, you've seen, you've recognized sloppy genuflections. You've seen the kind that looks like the kid is merely flopped down onto the ground. You've seen the one that it's all hunchy. Okay. So that you come to a stop. Okay. The right leg goes back a little bit. Okay. And then keeping your shoulders and your back straight, you go down to the, bring the right knee down to the ground. Okay. When you're doing that, okay, that that, okay, that the power of the genuflection. This is going to sound stupid in my saying it, but is in the toes of your right foot, so that the toes of your right foot are bending as you go down. Okay, if you're down for just a little bit longer and you straighten out those toes before you're going to come back up, okay. You want to curl the toes in again because it's the toes that are giving you the power to return straight up. Is that making sense? Okay. So in, I'd love to ask you to try to do this, but it just makes absolutely no sense at all. And the next time that we see one another, okay, in other words, I would say to you practice so that you become comfortable with it, okay? Just like an athlete, okay? In a sense that often, you know, think it through, okay, and then do it, okay? But it's the repetition that's going to make it comfortable for you. Because again, you don't want to be distracting to the congregation by the way it is that you are uh, making a genuflection. Question so far in that, Peter, please. Yeah. Uh, the thing I have a problem with practicing now, because if I'm doing it wrong, I'm going to be reinforcing the wrong way. Is it possible that I'm assuming it's going to be September of 2021 when we get back together? Uh, if we can informally meet with you and, and perform it, the key ones that you can view it, whoever's interested, and you can tell us if we're doing it wrong or not. Well, I, I obviously, I'm going to be seeing all of you, okay? Uh, I'm going to be seeing all of you in November, okay? Because you have to come to Dunwoody to be uh, um, 
installed as readers, okay? And there is, there, theoretically, there is a, um, you, you're going to kneel in front of the bishop, okay? Uh, so we will have that opportunity way before September 2021, Peter. Okay, but you are you are correct in saying, yeah. But but the part about keeping your back straight, okay. Um, I, th I think that's the most important. Uh, and you can also say to you know, you know, whether you've got a deacon uh, in your parish or you've got a friendly priest. Right? In other words, that you know, am I looking stupid when I go down for genuflection? Okay. Clear? Yes, Paul. Right? Deacon, question. Uh, upon entering the sanctuary and exiting the sanctuary, we know we genuflect. Uh, however... If the Blessed Sacrament is there. If the Blessed Sacrament is there. But if the celebrant does not genuflect, perhaps he cannot genuflect, do we then bow? You do what he does. We do what he does always. Right. So it's... it's um, So I, I've got four priests okay, who I may serve in the course of a week. Okay, and of the four, okay, of the four, only two of them genuflect, okay, um, because their knees are gone. Okay, I think we had mentioned this, that if you are after ordination and maybe at a funeral mass or at a wedding where there may be two deacons, and you don't know the other guy well, okay, uh, to find out from him whether he can kneel and or genuflect. And whatever the one who is least capable, that's what you're both going to do. Okay. The, the, the goal is not to make anybody look stupid or he couldn't. In fact, I, I, well, a lot of us are old. And, okay? Not everybody's going for a knee operation. Okay, clear? But it's the kind of thing you you know, you do want to keep your joints supple. Um, okay. Now, the other part is, this is the, a hint from Bishop Brucato that the coming back up. So what I'm talking about is keeping your back straight. So, okay, now I'm going to push up again with the toes of my right foot. And if I need extra help, I'm putting my hand on my left knee to push up. Okay. So far so good. It's one of the reasons why if you're carrying things, you don't genuflect because you may need that. Some of the older folks may need the left knee to help them. Okay, Lucas, you gonna try it for us? Or are you just changing chairs? I was trying it, but I don't know what my back was looking like. Okay. Yeah. Do you wanna do it again? Because you have I, an open space. I'm not on the couch today. I, I think. Okay, that's pretty good. Okay. 
And not on the couch because your psychiatrist took the night off. <laughs> Peter. Be nice, Peter. You get your money back. <laughs> All right, so it, it's a, a question of, uh, or is it, again, one doesn't want to be a distraction. about kneeling. So this is now, genuflection is down and up. It's not staying down for a long time. Kneeling, however, it uses the genuflection because you're going in it as, there is a kid in my parish who when it's time for the altar service to kneel, he kind of falls on his kneecaps, okay? And I'm worried about him eventually having long-term damage to them. Uh, what ought to happen is, is you go down on the one knee and then you bring the other knee down. Okay. Now, in the United States, the people kneel from the end of the Sanctus until the Great Amen. Okay. I've mentioned this before. That is not the way that it would be done in a Roman Basilica. In a Roman Basilica, the people only kneel from the epiclesis to the, uh, the anamnesis right after the, uh, let us proclaim the mystery of faith. So the reason why the deacon kneels under the current rubrics is because he is signaling to the people in the Roman rite when they are supposed to go down. So they should be following him. When he goes down, all the people would be going down. And when he comes up, okay, and theoretically he knows the, the proper cues for the up and down. But in the United States, we're following what I think is in fact an Irish custom of kneeling for the entire canon. Okay, everybody clear? Yes, Paul. Okay, now I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt with questions, but- No, 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 I, I, I like questions. Okay, thank you, Deacon. This, this occurs to me as well, not always, but on occasion I've noticed, and maybe it's at the request of the priest, that the deacon who is assisting the priest at the altar uh, will, uh, after the consecration of the bread, the priest genuflects and rises. At the, uh, while, while he's consecrating the, the host, the uh, chalice is covered with the pall. And then after his first genuflection, I sometimes notice the deacon will remove the pall from uh, the top of the chalice so that the priest can go on with the consecration of the, uh, of the wine into the precious blood. But you can't do that if you're kneeling. I, I think, well, maybe you could, but I think it would be very odd. Okay. okay, excellent question. I think where people are doing that is because they have watched what a bishop's secretary was accustomed to do, okay? And he was in cassock and surplus. And during the pandemic, we've seen the cardinal's secretary has been concelebrating, okay? But the previous two secretaries, they didn't concelebrate when they assisted the cardinal, 
and they were the minister of the book and they got up and down in order to move that piece of to remove the pull okay uh, i would suggest that a deacon not get into that habit okay uh, the priest is going to sound snotty and i don't mean it to be snotty but he's not helpless okay we men know that sometimes we pretend to be helpless okay in order to get somebody to do something okay um because the second part of that poll is is that not everybody uses the poll okay and so it's probably and the other part is that i've always thought not that this is written down anywhere but i'm not very close to him even before the pandemic so i always thought it was helpful to be far enough that his peripheral vision wasn't distracted by me mm-hmm. so again like in frank orlando's parish where it's a very tiny area underneath that dome uh, i wouldn't be under there i'd probably be you know down a step or two okay uh, so it would be more of a distance to get to it number 1 number 2 many of them don't use it okay so it's better to let let the let the priest not think that he's going to be a bishop soon okay does that make sense as the yes very much uh, but i am a person who when i set the altar okay i oh even even though i know a priest is not going to cover the chalice during the eucharistic prayer with the pall i've always got it there on the altar because the day may come when he wants it okay and it's better that it's there rather than him eating a fly okay which is the practicality of okay what the pall is about does this make sense to everybody any follow up questions for that part okay all right so I think it I think it was if I say again a leftover of when we treated the bishop as if he were some kind of a talking barbie doll okay in in my youth I never saw Francis Spellman or Cardinal Cardinal Cook put his own mitre on okay the secretary always put it on the secretary always put it off that doesn't happen anymore okay most bishops would prefer to put their own mitre on so it was that you know, he's being treated like a doll okay where we dress him we move him here we move him there he can't do anything other than okay clear it, it then became the difference between an ordinary and an auxiliary bishop Okay, because auxiliary bishops didn't get this kind of service. Okay. Clear? All right. So, we're down to the kneeling part, okay? Be gentle with your knees, okay? One of the things that I I would suggest is that if you're in an alb and once you become acolytes, 
uh, for Deacon, when I start to go down, okay, my hands are no longer like this. I'm taking my diaconate stole and I'm moving the moving the, the long piece below my waist off to the side so that when I go down, okay, that I'm not kneeling on the stole. That part, and you see what I mean by kind of sweeping it out of the way? Okay. And at the same time, my left hand is grabbing the alb so that when, again, kneeling, that I have, yeah, that I have picked up the alb from the, from the back of the shoe so that when I start to get up, in other words, that my shoe is not going to get caught on the alb. So I'm, when I'm going down for kneeling, I'm using my hands to sweep aside the stole. That's not your problem yet, but use your left hand to slightly raise your alb, okay? So that when you're down there, that your shoe, your left shoe is uncovered. Does that make sense in terms of the practicalities? Okay. All right. Prostrations. So if, if we think of adding on each time, if we've talked about how to do a genuflection and we go from a genuflection to kneeling, the kneeling is just bringing down the next knee. Now a prostration is now that I'm kneeling, I put my hands out, okay, and I go forward and I rest my hands I should say my rest my forehead on my hands. So you the first time you're going to wind up doing that, okay, will be at your ordination because you're prostrate, okay, for the litany of the saints. But you'll do it once a year ever thereafter because the Good Friday liturgy begins with that prostration and silence okay so knowing how to do it is not something that you use once in your life okay it is something that you're going to use again although rarely okay got it okay doug is that a question okay no i got a question okay george for those of us those of us who are not spelt, how do you get up from being fully extended out gracefully? Very carefully. <laughs> Again, just reverse the process. Okay, so that the hands up were like this. Okay, that you start to put your head up. Okay, now you're going to move. You're going to move your hands to about where your shoulders are. And you're now pushing yourself up okay, into a kneeling position. Okay. And then from the kneeling position, you go to a single genuflection. And then for the single genuflection on up. Okay. So it is by realizing that it is just adding on pieces and then just reversing the process. You've got that look on your face, George. I can see getting down there and not getting up. (laughs) That 
Never mind the genuflection practice. That's going to be a practice, especially with the album. I'll get you up, brother. Commercial then. We'll no worries. Get I'll up. get you up. We'll I will get over. guaranteed. I will get you up. There you go. Yeah, okay. You got, I'm holding you to it. No problem. You count on me, my brother. Okay. Right. Trust me, nobody's ever really needed a pro- needed that much help with it. Okay. Yes, Paul. I'm sorry, Paul. Um, Peter. Well, my name's Peter Paul, so it's okay. Okay. Uh, how long are you supposed to do that? What do you mean by how long? I'm lying down. Prostration? Yeah. At your ordination for the entire length of the Litany of the Saints on Good Friday, okay, you when your celebrant starts to come up, you come up. So you don't worry about the length. Okay. Well, you do worry about it because there comes a point of where you're saying, how long is this going to go on? Right? So it's very difficult to pray because you're worried about you know, being in tune with the celebrant. Okay. Yes, John. Uh, unless I get a new knee deacon, going down and getting up is is not is not almost almost not possible. So it's a it's a tough one for me because uh, <laughs> there's nothing in my knee to support to push off on. You know, so uh, that's that's an issue I have. Okay. Um... So we're, I guess we're going to start dealing. You cannot kneel at all. Well, I can kneel, but getting up, I have I have no meniscus in one of my knees. So when I go to get up, it is bone on bone and torturous. You know. Okay. So, so when you kneel before the bishop to get with your Bible in a couple of weeks, yep. so that this is good that the masters of ceremonies will be ready to help you. Okay. Not knowing that. That's the problem. Got it. Yep. All right. Clear. Can we put on a knee pad? (laughs) You're certainly welcome to, as long as it's not on the outside of your trousers. Okay. Okay. Fair enough question. All right. But I want to go back to to John. Where is it? Good Friday liturgy, while it's not a mass, I can't really say that it's concelebrated, but there would be, there might be several priests okay, assisting at that liturgy, okay, one being the principal celebrant. I, I have I have seen before where we've had a retired priest in the parish, okay, where there was no way that he was going down okay, because he was never getting back up again. And so what he wound up doing was just moving to the side and standing by a pillar, kind of out of the way. Uh, does that make sense, John? Okay. Uh, obviously, we're not asking. This is not a. Um, this is not the ballet russe. Okay, it's not the. We're not asking you to do what you can't do. Okay. Deacon. Yes, George. I- at our parish, we have two senior priests, Rick Manis and Father um, Burr. So what they've done, usually Monsignor McManus is the main celebrant of Good, um, good Friday. And he's had both knees since replaced. We put a radio out, and he just kneels at that. I mean, could that work for if 
if he does that, could you put one out for us as well? Sure. I mean, just it gives you the mobility. Yes, yes. In other words, they, 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 that's where common sense, in other words, if, if the guy is going to wind up getting into such a problem, okay, that we've got to have to call an ambulance and he can't continue with the mass, okay, then okay. we're... You know, there are things that are necessary for validity, and there are some things that are necessary for laicity, okay? And then there are some things that are, it would be nice, but we just can't do that. Um, okay. Make sense? Fine, fine. Other questions? I wanted to thank you all for uh, last Saturday. I have found it a very valuable experience, and I hope you guys all did as well. Okay, it certainly is a very nice place, and uh, it's interesting to watch uh, this kind of new collaboration going on between the Friars of the Atonement and the Capuchin Friars. And I wish them luck. Uh, that kind of thing is not easy to pull off, um, and so it'll be great if they're able to do it. Well, I want to thank you for, you know, for everything you did that, that sincerely. Thank you, Peter. I, again, it's always, it's my privilege. Um, with all of these things, I'm, I get more out of it than I, I give to anybody. Okay. Peter, I think he drinks red wine. <laughs> I, the expensive stuff, not the cheap stuff. There's a Hungarian wine. Okay? I, never mind. Hint, hint. No. Be well, everybody. No, again, in other words, this would be stuff that we would have spent a lot of time okay, actually doing and, and trying, okay? uh, both the prostrations and the kneeling. Okay? But there's no use in keeping you around for looking at talking faces, okay? But we will, Peter, in other words, that try to find a little bit of time at the, your next ceremony, okay, where each of us individually, uh, we can pair up and okay, practice it so that you feel comfortable with it. Clear? Nighty night, guys. Okay, see you next week. God bless you all. Good all right. luck plowing through that material, Doug. Thank you. Good night. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Good night. Uh. Good night. Good night. Good night.